0: I had, um, I had set my life up in a really unique way. It was almost accidental, but I, I had bought a home that I was able to turn back into a duplex. So I was renting out the basement and that covered about two thirds of my mortgage. And I was also taking uh, bits and pieces from my parents' business and I was actually boarding dogs. And if I wanted to, I would train them. And that actually paid for my pilot's license. So I would train a dog for a week and then I could go fly for about six or seven hours after training that dog. And um, so I had those two um, income streams coming in. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in.
1: Welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. It's Courtney Golster and Ann Kanudala. And today we're joined by our special guest, Daniel Felt, the CEO of Kira Homes. And Daniel has a very unique and deep story about his journey to entrepreneurship that has led him down several different paths of business ownership, from passive income businesses to his current home maintenance company, Kira Homes to looking at um, franchising the model that he's worked diligently to build. Daniel is also a dad, a husband, and an athlete. And believe it or not, he also has his pilot's license. So we're going to talk about all of the things from the journey to entrepreneurship, how to build a passive income stream, and what Business ownership looks like today for Daniel in terms of running a multi-state business and how you can delegate within your business to create time and opportunity moving forward. Welcome, Daniel.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
1: We're excited to have you. And we'd love to just kind of kick off by learning a little bit more about your story.
0: Yeah, awesome. I um I'll start at the beginning. I started, I grew up on a small farm. I have five siblings. My parents were. Uh, non-college educated, but they were entrepreneurs by mistake. My my dad bought my mom a, a dog for Christmas in 1980. And um, one day the neighbor's dog came over and we had ended up having a litter of puppies. And um, <laughs> so by mistake, they became entrepreneurs. But um, today, 40 some years later, they've sold a the puppy to all 50 states. They're one of the top breeders in the nation. Um, they sell a very high quality dog and um, really awesome to grow up in that um, process and watch the price of a puppy change from fifty dollars to today. They're about thirty-nine hundred dollars, and and it's there's a waiting list that's um, years long. It's almost impossible to even get on the list. So really cool to see that process. As a young um, young person, I was my dad was a manager in town. And so I, we had a a clock in and clock out machine. I remember running out barefoot one time as about an eight year old, making sure I was clocked in by 8am in the summer and helping my parents just with taxes. Yeah. You know, I think I was about 12 years old and just understanding that when you drive to town to buy something for the business, you know, that's a, that's a a short eight mile business trip, but it's still a business trip and you got to save that receipt and things like that. Uh, so with that, I, I really enjoyed, um, kids. I went to school to study, um, elementary education, but just throughout that process, um, I had a lot of really awesome mentors. And one of them told me that I wasn't going to be a teacher. I would be a principal because of my leadership. And they're like, you, you can't turn it off. And they're like, which is, which is great, but you're going to be a principal. And if you want to be a principal, keep on with this journey. If you want to be a teacher, you're going to have to change who you are. And so I, um, I actually just through a few things with the school i ended up um switching to business marketing and studied that and then um, ended up at bethel university and um after that in in 2012 i um, started working for a company called sparbo they sell a casual six million chicken eggs a day and um really awesome well, what that company taught me i was in charge of the processing side so the eggs come in you know about a million a day at each farm come in on a on a conveyor and i was in charge of creating the standard operating procedures from that moment until the egg gets on the semi in a really nice packaged pallet. And that, I did that for a year and a half when my brother called me and he needed a general manager and he owns a company. They clean windows and install holiday lights. And in two years, we went from eight crews to 16 crews. And so taking that, the processes from, you know creating a process to do everything and uh, managing people and just taking that, you know, 100% of the truth, 100% of the time uh, work ethic that I grew up with on a small farm. We grew that and the idea for Cure Home came up. And at the time, I had um I had set my life up in a really unique way. It was almost accidental, but I, I had bought a home that I was able to turn back into a duplex. So I was renting out the basement and that covered about two-thirds of my mortgage. And I was also taking uh, bits and pieces from my parents' business, and I was actually boarding dogs. And if I wanted to, I would train them. And that actually paid for my pilot's license. So I would train a dog for a week. And then I could go fly for about six or seven hours after training that dog. And um, so I had those two um, income streams coming in. The the dog boarding was, I I call it actively passive where, you know, someone, they would come and they would drop the dog off. I had a a heater, and an AC unit in my garage and a client, once they got to know me, they would leave their dog in any time of the day. And I would be home in the morning for lunch and afternoon and all evening. And I would um, board the dog. So between those two income streams, I was, I had enough income that I could start uh, cure a home. So, um, in 2016, I gave my brother, I told him, I think we should start this. And he said he didn't want to do that. And so I, I couldn't drop it. And yeah, he actually said it would not work. And that was enough motivation for me to, uh, start my own True company. Him wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> competitive
1: I, streak between siblings.
0: Yeah. We he's, he's doing much better than I am. Granted he's, he's been in business for longer, but, uh, it's a tortoise in the hair type deal, but, uh, he, he's a very, very successful business owner and I'm always kind of chasing after him. And so he'll, he'll say, you know, um, actually today we're celebrating six years in business, um, at Cure Home. And so he'll say, well, when I was at six years, I was doing about this. What are you, what are you doing? And so it's a very fun, <laughs> friendly family competition.
2: I love that.
1: You and that. Congratulations. Thank you. I get that. I have five, uh, four siblings. So it's, um, you know, it's always a, Who's who's doing what this week? Yes.
0: You know? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, which is great. I think it's super healthy, and and it pushes you to the next level, right? As you know, it's like, well, if they did it, I could do it, right? And it's so good to, so healthy to surround yourself with other people that are that are trying to better themselves, try to do big things. You know, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people that you know are not living the lifestyle or not accomplishing things that you want to accomplish, they're going to call you, you're you're crazy. You want to start your own company? That's nuts. But then all of a sudden, you start hanging out with ten entrepreneurs, and they're like, yeah. Go for it. Do it. I
1: I think that's so interesting. We have that conversation a lot about how the attitude you have and the mental um, the mental direction that you're going in is really the Mm -hmm. summation of the five people you spend the most time with. And you can you can feel that when you change the people that you're hanging around with as an entrepreneur, you really feel that almost immediately.
0: Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. I I spend today now I'm in I'm in two networking groups with roughly 120 other business professionals. And that's how I spend a few hours of my week spending time with those people. So I feel totally normal as a, as a risk-taking entrepreneur, right? It's I'm, I'm, I'm in my sweet spot with all of those individuals compared to, you know, if you're spending time with, yeah, people that are not wanting to better themselves or their lives or whatever that is at home, at work, wherever you're going to feel very abnormal.
2: Right. And that's, You know, part of the reason why we started this podcast was to create a community for entrepreneurs, for people who are wanting to leave their nine to five, because I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't even know where to begin and they don't know where to find that network of people that are trying to do the same thing that they're doing. And I mean, just even within the last six months, I've met so many different people who are trying to do exactly what we're trying to do. And it's amazing how much you can feed off of that energy and just take their ideas and make them into your own and find your own success. So yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I think, I think the biggest thing that's really frightening for people is, is the money side of it, right? Because I, you know, if you're going to start your own thing, are you going to, are you going to make money? Are people going to buy it? And I learned a few really, really valuable lessons in the beginning. I would say a ton of people would say, that's a really great idea. I love it. And I bet a thousand people said, this is the best idea that the reoccurring home maintenance visits go for it, Daniel. And I started it and a thousand people didn't sign up. And, and it's like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. And so going through it and making sure that you have a service that people are actually going to pull out their paycheck or their credit card, or not their paycheck, their checkbook or their credit card, and they're going to sign up. So that that was a really interesting thing for me. But luckily, I'd created a few of these passive income streams, you know renting out the basement of my house that paid for about two thirds of my mortgage. I was also single at the time. So you know between the dog boarding and the and the uh renting out the basement i was pulling in about 40 to 45k a year i could i could live off that no problem very very comfortably and i could allow the company to grow i could keep money in the company so you could grow it very quickly and, and leave all the money into it i didn't have to pull out a couple grand a month in order to pay my mortgage and put food on the table so that was a huge benefit i think if you're married you can really lean out a few of your expenses and maybe live off of one one person's income to to start this, and it's not as scary. Like we can do this on you know on a one person income. You would be amazed that when you really start to slash a few uh, expenses, that you can live off of a lot less than you than you think.
1: I, can I completely think agree with that. So interesting too that. If you have a plan and you implement the plan, you are going to be a lot more successful and you need to plan across all aspects of your business, not just what you're going to do and how you're going to find business, but also what are you going to do for money and how can you make this as easy to accomplish as possible? Do you help people uh, ever come up with ideas for passive income streams or like, do you, do you have ideas for other passive income streams that you know of people that have used to supplement their income as they're getting started with what they really want to be doing long-term.
0: Yeah, I I would say not quite on, I'm not like out there brainstorming ideas for people, but I do mentor um two people. I feel like I'm really young, but there's people younger than me out there uh starting businesses. I'm 32, but yeah, there's you know, I, I mentor two people that are younger than I am, and it gives me so much energy and so much fuel to watch them. And we'll get off a call. Um, and they they always say they're like, I feel so energized. Thank you so much for talking me through this. And it's it's the same thing, right? You just surround yourself with people. So trying to figure out with them, not so much maybe not so much the passive side of it but how do we continue growing this business they have very unique ones a in a service based business and the other ones in real estate so it's kind of tricky to get into passive but for the real estate agent we're talking about hey how are we finding um, rental properties right you you have a you have access to so many things that the normal like a person like me doesn't have access to you know what houses are coming up on the market before anyone else you have a huge opportunity here and and in 10 years if you bought one house per year, you, you would have 10 houses. I mean, you, you should be making a minimum 10,000 a month off of these uh, rental properties. And that's only 10 years away. And, but you have to stay consistent. So I, I think the way that I give back to, I think a lot of what a lot of people have given me, I try to give back through mentoring a few young, younger people than, than I am. And it's, it's really rewarding.
2: Well, it's the the whole pay it forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think we had a A couple of weeks back, we talked to someone about mentorship, and I think that that's so important. I know that when I first started my career, there were a lot of people that I looked up to and just was seeking for advice. But then the same thing, like I want to be able to pay that forward to anyone else who now maybe is younger than I am or is just trying to change the direction of their career. So I think that's really important. You know, it's kind of full. It comes full circle
0: yes most definitely. because i i have several mentors that are some of them are, are unfortunately paid mentors but uh coaches and things like that but man it's so worth it to walk into a meeting with those guys we at cure home today we run on eos or traction so every 90 days we meet off site and then we um, write our five three and one year goals down and then each week our coach essentially kicks our butt to hold us accountable and say you said you were going to do this and if you want to do this in five years. You've got to be doing this today. You can't you can't take today off. And and I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, it can be really easy to to maybe be defeated or whatever, right? Some days are great. It's it's a it's a mountaintop, low valley experience day in and day out. And you can get off a phone call with someone just telling you that we just had the most incredible experience with your company. I I cannot recommend you enough. And the same crew went to the next house and that person's like, You guys made a, you know, I want my money back. You made a big mistake. Luckily for us, that doesn't happen every day, but that can be the journeys of up and down through being an entrepreneur of, you know, one phone call to the next it with all within moments. And, and so staying level-headed and, and having people to coach you and mentor you is, is really crucial. i I feel in being a successful entrepreneur.
2: Well, that finding an accountability partner, whether, like you said, it's, it's paid or unpaid, mm-hmm. um, I think is provides so much value. Um, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurship and business, it's It really isn't difficult, right? In the sense that sometimes we live in such a noisy world that we let all of these, like the imposter syndrome, and this is what we should Mm -hmm. be doing. And this is what someone else is doing that's successful. But if we really just hone into those simple steps, but that consistency, Mm -hmm. those are the things that are going to continue to move us forward. And it's having someone who can hold you accountable. So even if you don't, like, you know, if you can't afford, a a business coach or a traction coach, which I love that you guys do traction, mm-hmm. huge fan um, in the EOS system. But so, you know, just finding another entrepreneur that you can, you know, have as an accountability partner, finding someone who you talk to about like, hey, this is what I want to accomplish this year and tell them what your goals are and how you're going to do that. And then just, you know, kind of going back and forth with them. Like, hey, what do you, did you do this? You said you were going to do it.
0: Right. Right. For sure. And there, there are several organizations that you can be in to do that. And like, or you find, you find someone that in your community and there's even through, you know, chambers and, and through there's, there's BNI is a huge networking one. There's, there's so many people out there that want to, you know, meet and, and grow together. And I, I agree. It's, it's extremely crucial. You don't do it alone. It's, it's so difficult. Um, It's really rewarding. But at the same time, if you're if you're in the, in this for the long run, you're trying to create a a business that celebrates a hundred years. You know, like you you need someone to walk by you side by side because what what was really easy a year ago? Well, now your company is growing a certain percentage. Now you're in a new stage. You need someone who's been there before or can give some sort of insight to say, if I were you, here's what I would do. Have you have you tried that? And that's really helpful.
2: And I want to circle back to something that you talked about earlier because I think this is really important as an entrepreneur the multiple passive, or it doesn't even have to be passive, but multiple income streams. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important, especially as an entrepreneur, when you talk about, you know, I have this new product or service that I want to go try and sell. And it can be really scary if you put all of your eggs in that basket. Right. Right. So I think it's, you know, really important to kind of think about, okay, what are other ways that I could bring in income? And we talk about that. And as a strategic growth consultant, I work through that with a lot of business of just, you know, what are your hidden revenue streams that you can find in your business? How can you monetize something that maybe you wouldn't have thought of monetizing before? Um, So talk about that a little bit more, you know, as far as you talked about the two income streams that you had are, the, are you still doing that now that Cura Homes is successful or have you added any additional income revenue streams?
0: Yeah, so we, um, today, so um, yeah, we, we moved from that duplex and we actually moved to a small little hobby farm. So we don't rent out the basement and I, I wanted to stay with that forever, but, um, cause it was like, it would have been like the perfect long-term rental, but um, <clears throat> didn't, we had to sell that one to get it our next place. However, we did just pur- uh, purchase a short-term rental in Cape Coral, Florida. And that has been, um, even though we bought it at the end of the, of the busy season, that's been cash flowing really nice. And I think of that as an actively passive income stream because you don't just set that and say, you know, hey, see you later. Let me know if, you know, the garbage disposal doesn't work like you can with long-term. Short-term, you have to send them a passcode. And there's a lot of systems and processes and softwares that help with that. But that short-term rental is really, really nice. So that's a really, that's a, I love that. And long-term, if you guys you know, when I'm on this podcast again in 20 years with you guys, I hopefully I'm you know, we have you know, dozens of, of short term rental properties. I believe that because of the tax benefits and things like that, a mixture of short term, long term rental properties is the goal. Um, the with Cura Home, the, the ultimate goal after working for my brother's company and seeing how we have these peak seasons and then slow, you know, clean all these windows in the spring and then it's slow in the middle, and then clean all these windows, and then oh, by the way, install Christmas lights. I think he did like 4,000 houses last year. I mean, just an insane volume of, of insane busyness. I was really looking for something that I really wanted to live uh, to your podcast point, a balanced life, right? Like what's something that I can work like 50 weeks a year, nine to five, quote unquote. And so creating that reoccurring revenue stream where we're visiting our clients' homes once every three months, you're not locked into a contract. And we just, we keep on coming. A majority of them are on auto pay. So as long as we don't screw up, right, you're, you're meeting or exceeding your customer's expectations it's good to go so that today we have um, roughly 600 routine maintenance clients set up on that package that is really great and like for example when COVID hit in 2020 I, I, I would, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, right. As the whole entire world. But at the same time, I knew that there's no way all of our clients are just going to, you know, jump ship and, and be gone. Right. So worst case scenario gets back down to the point where I'm running this out of my garage again, and I knew we would be fine as a, as a small family. So that's, that, that is really nice. But then, um, the other side that we do is air duct cleaning and we've actually gotten to the point where we continuously are pulling back on our marketing spend because of the amount of word of mouth and our referral partners that are coming in. So we're creating these actively passive income streams where it's not like you're just putting money in the stock market and you let it do its thing. Um, we do have to work for them, but we're at a stage as um, as age wise and as a family that we're willing to work on these active income streams. I did have to get rid of the dog stuff because our fence we don't have a fenced-in backyard anymore, and it was the the, the downside to that is that every holiday and every spring break you've got a ton of dogs at your house. So when everyone else wants to leave you've got an extra five, six, seven dogs in your house. And granted, you're making an extra two, three, 400 a night, but you've got a ton of dogs in your house. And, um, just for the lifestyle that we are in, you know, we love camping now and we like to, um, go out and about on those, on those special, you know, holidays and weekends.
2: Maybe you should still, uh, do the dog training though. And I've got like a, 11 month old lab that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I exactly.
2: Your, I would love you your know, help on.
0: <laughs> I I will tell you guys the idea that I think would be, I, I will, I will give this idea away if anyone wants it. I think it would be the best idea ever because people are, I, I see culture switching from um, ranting and raving over their kids to their pets. And I think that you're creating a, a dog boarding facility where you go and you pick the dog up for them. And you bring it out to like you know out, outer suburbs, and you have like a ten acre place that's like all fenced in. The dogs just run wild and free all day long, and then it's like a bus route. Then you bring the dogs back home. I think that is. I think that is where the uh, future of dog boarding is going to be. And like dog, because people don't want to. As people are going back into the office, you know, more and more, I think there's going to be a big opportunity for that. So if anyone ever wants to pay me royalties on that uh, business idea, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'll, I'll collect that happily. <laughs>
1: Well, you are so busy running your company and expanding your company and now adding franchise opportunities with your Mm -hmm. company. So how do you manage to get it all done? Like as your company skills, are you just busier and busier or do you have tools and systems in place that help streamline the operations?
0: Yeah. I, I'm for sure getting busier, but it becomes normal. I love to look back at my calendar and because in 2016, when we started, I felt super busy. And I look at my calendar, then I'm like, I wasn't doing anything that week. So you, you create these recurring meetings and it gets, becomes more and more normal. I think a lot, um, I like to compare running a business to learning how to juggle. And Mm -hmm. I think when a lot of people learn how to, they want to learn how to juggle, they, they just focus on catching these balls that are coming in. Right. And that's all wrong. When you learn how to juggle, you need to learn how to throw really, really nicely. And if you learn how to throw really nice, the ball comes right where you can catch it again and it becomes a lot easier to juggle. And, and with the tasks that are coming in with your business, if you're just waiting to try and catch these fires or mishaps that are happening or customer complaint, whatever it may be, you're it's gonna be significantly more difficult. So creating a system and a process, my goal is to, um, I say it, but but it, it, it doesn't happen. My goal is to never answer the same question twice. An employee, so if they have a question about something, okay, if you have that question, I'm sure everyone else has it in your same position, so let's make sure we get that into the training documentation. So we have a 600 page manual, like even for the gals that are answering the phones at our company, there's a 60 page manual on every one off question that's ever come in. We have an answer for it that they can flip through, and they don't flip through it every single day, but at least it's there so that if they happen to leave or whatever it is, we have all this stuff documented. So that's been really, really helpful. But for me, I'm a huge reoccurring schedule type guy. I meet people at the gym. I'm held accountable. If I'm not there, I get harassed all day long via text message from them. We meet at the gym. My alarm goes off at the same time. It's 4.58 AM because I know it takes me six minutes to get to get out the door. It takes me 10 minutes to get to the gym and I meet them there at 5.15. So, huge reoccurring schedule guy. And, and, but I think the biggest thing for me, that's really helped um, it's, it's so simple, but yet so complicated is I just don't miss dinner with my family. And, and for some people it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's really easy, but I've, I've, that's been very, very consistent for me while running my business. And it, and for me, you know, employees are going to come and go, a company's going to come and go. I, maybe I'll own cure home forever. Maybe not, but for me to be home, my family is always gonna be there forever. And that's that's extremely important to me. And I think having that balance allows me to be a better business person. And at five o'clock, if you check in at the Cure Home Office, the place is a ghost town. I mean, it's it's empty because everyone sees that this is important to Daniel, that we're a family-owned business and and they see that's important. So um, with the franchises, we we started offering franchises for a lot of reasons. Um, we have, we've expanded to a few different locations. It's really hard to keep the quality up at other locations that we have come to expect and our customers have come to expect. So managing a guy a thousand miles away, we, you know, it's it's really difficult. And but with that, we've had a ton of demand. People calling us from locations saying, "Can we pay you to train us in how to do this?" You know, there's we've done quite a bit of research. There's one other company that we found that has about 160 routine maintenance clients, and they've been in business for 16 years. So they're they're doing it. But I think that we, I'll I'll, I'll humbly brag, I think we we're doing it bigger, better, and faster than most people. And so other people are attracted to that. So the franchise model, you talk about an actively passive income stream, which is great. We do collect a collective royalty for training you in and giving you all these manuals that we've created and then being long-term support. But that's, that'll be another active income stream for us that we of course need to support the franchisee and walk alongside with them to help them be successful. But that is a huge focus for us. But for me, it's, learning how to throw throw a task to the next person so that they can juggle it and and you delegate like crazy and you find people that are overqualified for the positions at your company. There's guys that clean air ducts for us or do the routine maintenance that they could be doing several other things, but for them mentally they love that day to day activity. And they do an incredible job and that prevents customer issues or callbacks or things like that, because they're overqualified and they know it, but they're really happy in their position.
2: And You brought up something really important that I know we wanted to talk about, which is just the importance of delegation. Mm -hmm. And I think that as an entrepreneur and as someone who wants to have a balanced life between, Mm -hmm. you know, work and family and everything, I think delegation is key. Um, I love what you said too, about just finding people that are overqualified, but that are happy because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if someone isn't happy with what they're doing, they're not going to do a good job. Right. it's, it's better that they're happy with what they're doing, even if they're overqualified, but it's finding those people that you can you can trust with the tasks mm-hmm. that maybe aren't in your zone of genius, that you don't want to be doing, that can do it better than you would be able to do For it. Sure. And yeah. I think you need to do that not only in your business, but in your home life, which is why I love your home maintenance program. Tell us a little bit about that with Cura Homes, just because I think- you know, sometimes in our life we need to learn how to delegate outside of our business so we have room for our business. And I feel mm-hmm. like this service is one thing that's really helpful for anyone that's like, you know, an entrepreneur or a busy parent that just doesn't have that time.
0: Yeah, for sure. We created the business for that exact point, and because people are really, really busy. They homes are becoming more complex. And with that, when you don't maintain items. It becomes neglected. If you ask an HVAC guy, hey, what's the number one call? What's the number one reason why you get a call? They'll tell you it's a clogged filter. People are simply not changing their filter. So, Cure Home was started to take care of all these routine maintenance items. So, we visit our clients. Typically, it's once a quarter. Sometimes it's biannually or or sometimes it's monthly, but 90 plus percent is a quarterly visit. And it's all the card options. So, we'll actually come and we'll walk through your home with you and say, hey, here's if I lived here, here's everything that we would maintain your home. And you can pick and choose from all the card options. And we're doing everything from cleaning out your dishwasher, clean your dishwasher filter, washing machine filter, the air exchanger, which people have no idea what it is, but it's a box hanging in your utility room. It needs to be clean. There's three filters in there. Go down. If you get anything from this podcast, go down to your utility room today and go clean out that air exchanger. But there's about 35 different items that we maintain in clients' homes that it's just things that you're supposed to be doing if you were the perfect homeowner, but so many people, unfortunately, neglect to do, and that costs higher utility bills. Appliances not last as long as they should, and it costs them to break down, which is just becoming more and more expensive to have a service person come to your home. So by doing it on a recurring basis, it saves you a ton of time. We come in with all the materials. We've got all the filters, the expertise, and we're providing and changing it. We even throw them away for you. You don't even have to – your filter is not even going to be in your own garbage. We throw it away for you. And so people have really, really like it. We still service client number one that we signed on in 2016. So it's just a really nice – Way to free up your time on the weekends. You can do what you want to do rather than standing in the filter aisle trying to remember what size furnace filter you have and then buying the wrong one and all that nightmare stuff.
1: Been there, done that. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. We all have, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to do any of that. By the way, my husband yeah. takes care of all of it, but it's, yeah, uh...
0: it's it's a need. It's it's very important and to have have a checklist and all that stuff is just it's it's really nice just to have. A, a schedule, have a plan and get that routine maintenance done.
1: So, so you, what? go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead, Courtney. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about consistency in your business, and it sounds like that's kind of a core driving value of your business. You're very consistent with client experience. You're very consistent with schedules for both yourself personally and what you do within your business. Um, you're very consistent with how you even track your SOPs. How did you fall into that level of consistency because I think that's hard. that's the hardest part of running a business is finding that consistency. Mm-hmm. and um, so how did you start training yourself to be consistent in every aspect of your life?
0: Yeah, I think it really um, I, I, I think in everything you do, all these little chapters got you to the point where you're at today, right to the, to the book that's been written so far on your life and um, becoming a pilot, I have taken, I don't know how many, I have about 300 hours as a pilot. And, and so with that, there's probably, I, I haven't counted recently, but there's got to be 700 to a thousand takeoffs and landings within that. Cause sometimes in training, you just do takeoff and landing, takeoff and you can do one every couple of minutes, right? It's as fast as you can do that little loop. But every single time that you do that, you follow a checklist and, and that checklist is laminated and it is, is beat to beat to all garbage in that, in, in the, in the airplane there. But you use that checklist every single time. Every time you start the airplane, you follow the same checklist. Even though you've been in the same plane and you've done it 300 times and you've done 700 landings, you still follow the checklist because your life depends on it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you know, if you don't if you don't switch the gas tank at a certain amount of, after 30 minutes of flying, guess what? You're gonna run out of gas and you don't want that. So um, taking that experience and one thing that we do at, at Cure Home, and this always blows people's mind, is that we have a training meeting every single morning with our technicians. And we have a schedule. It's a monthly training plan. And I don't think a lot of the guys even realize that we're doing it. But on the third Tuesday of every single month, we cover the same subject because after 30 days, they've they've forgotten. And, and for me, as a business owner who's memorized all these little training things that are in the SOPs, for those guys, after 30 days, you may have forgotten because they might not be as passionate about routine home maintenance as I am. And so- I mean I, th- I think I think everyone should be passionate about routine maintenance but but uh but I know I'm, I'm a little quirky but so we we just do things very consistently and continuously do training and it's amazing because at every single meeting there's always a question about something even though we've covered it so many times you know every single every single month we're going over this we're covering it and that really prevents so many issues cuz for me as a business owner my one weakness that I have is I hate conflict I I hate having an upset customer I hate you know having those issues and so how do you prevent that well, it's just providing a really great service where the person, you know, your expectations are exceeded every single time we come to your house. And so those reoccurring, I'm more than happy to pay my guys for 10 to 15 minutes, five times a week to come to those training meetings because it prevents so many issues within the company. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like, well, we already talked about how to clean a garbage disposal. Why would we talk about that again? Well, you you have to because people forget they get into different habits, but it's really hard. It's really tempting to hit the snooze button. It's really tempted to do this, but when you have accountability partners in your life that are harassing you all day long to you to make it to the gym, well, you don't want to snooze next time, right? Because they're giving you a hard time. And I also think it's extremely important to verbalize, not only write down your goals, but then share them with people and say, here's what I'm gonna do. And, and you share those with the right people with the right circle. And they're gonna hold you accountable and they're gonna say, you said you do you did this and now you and now you did it. So what's what's going on? You know, why aren't you accomplishing these things that you said you were going to do? And for me personally, I hate that. I I wanna, I'd rather work my tail off to get the goal done than be said have someone say, Why didn't you get that done?
2: I, I think that's great too. I think you know I am such a person of simplicity. like I really value a simplified life. Mm-hmm. and um you know I, I often relate how I run my business to how I run my home. Mm-hmm. and oftentimes, when i feel overwhelmed it's because there's there's too many things it's too much noise it's too much clutter so mm-hmm. the the way that i do, you know kind of decompress myself or get back on track is okay how can i create routine again how can i create mm-hmm. simplicity and i think sometimes when you look at that that simplicity and that consistency mm-hmm. you're like well that's so easy right. you know but simple is often the hardest thing And that consistency is often the hardest thing. And, you know, you just really need to, it's, it's something that you constantly need to be working on the same Mm -hmm. thing as like, again, I just refer back to like decluttering a home. Like you can't to have a, a, a home that's, you know, decluttered and isn't, you know, constantly have like the junk mail piling up and things like that. Well, what are you doing every single day to maintain that? You know, it mm-hmm. looks great. It looks simple, but it's not easy. And so I think the same thing is to be said with accountability and cons- consistency within a business is that you constantly need to be doing those little things. And it's those little things that truly make the big difference.
0: For sure. Yeah, I could not agree more. It's it's extremely crucial, but it's but it's not easy, right? I, I'm um, listening to a book by Darren Hardy right now. And he talks about, you know, just someone changing the difference between 150 calories a day. And twenty some months later, you know, one guy has lost fifteen pounds, the other guy's gained fifteen pounds, and it's you know we're now at a thirty pound difference, and and those are rough numbers, but it's amazing just these small little choices day in and day out. And I think as an as an entrepreneur, there's no one you know there's no one there in the morning saying like, hey, you know, it's eight o'clock, why aren't you here yet? You have to be held accountable, and it's it's really easy to slack and 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 to relax, but. I've noticed a huge a huge thing in my business is it it almost has shaped like a chromosome going up and down. If I'm not busy and my my guys are, all of a sudden they'll not get busy and I get really busy and it's and it's this reoccurring thing because all all of a sudden we're super busy out in the field and I'm like oh everything's great right we're booked out a couple of weeks and and I've done my part well then they start to slow down and I'm like oh I got to go I got to go network I got to go you know check out our Google campaign whatever it is and then all of a sudden they get busy again so if you can keep that roller coaster to a minimum. So you're not getting seasick going as a business owner. It's, it's much better, but yeah, consistency. I mean, it's, it is, it is so challenging, but if you can, if you can be a consistent person, you're almost guaranteed to be successful in whatever you do. I mean, consistency long-term in, in your marketing, right. In anything it's, if you can stay consistent long, long-term it's, it's got to work. It's bound to work. You just have to keep on tweaking it just a little bit and keep on going.
1: Well, I think that we could probably talk about consistency and business growth and how to create a stable income stream all day. Mm -hmm. But this has been really informative and just really helpful to hear how you've grown something more than just kind of a work from home business, but into a really vibrant and sustainable growing national brand. Uh, And I think that's just really inspirational for people to hear about. So thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was great to be with you guys today.
1: We will add all of Daniel's links so you can check out more about his his companies and his background on our show notes. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out to him directly. Have a great day, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you like today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.